This is the Wednesday, May 5th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. You got you covered with NBA and a little baseball as well. And as promised, every weekday, in and out in less than 10 minutes with everything you need to know today. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Doug Kazarian, joined by Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe, yesterday was May the 4th. Be with you. The Star Wars Day today is Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Talk about conflicting holidays, quote-unquote, for our uh, national esteem, right? Yesterday, we're all dressing up like Star Wars characters. Today, we're drinking as much Corona as we can get our hands on. It's a hell of a back-to-back. Yeah, I wonder if the Vegas co- component to all this is like kind of like neutered just because every day is, you know, people are on vacation going nuts. Like, I don't think you need an excuse when you're in Vegas, although Cinco de Mayo is a nice, nice excuse in suburbia. Have you ever met anyone who's traveled here who has not treated each night like it's New Year's Eve? Like, let's be honest, New Year's <laughs> Eve is a huge night here, but everyone stays up way past midnight and takes it way too far Every single night they're here. So, yeah, every night's New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, like a Tuesday in the middle of the summer is a New Year's anywhere else. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, well, I didn't do much right yesterday in all the handicapping, but I did give out a 7-to-1 Buddy Heel double-double that someone actually yes. DM'd me on Instagram and said they got they found it at 14-to-1. So that's wonderful to hear. Uh, we just don't know how teams are going to respond with injuries. Sometimes there's good value on props, like a double-double. Tyler was the one who sniffed it out, really, with the Kings roster. But I'm going to go to a Knicks team that has been red hot, obviously outstanding both offensively and defensively the last few weeks. And Denver just continues to be banged up. It looks like Dozier's out. looks like Will Barton's out in addition to everyone else. I mean, I, I know they have their big three, the new big three with MPJ and Gordon. But outside of that, it's like Compazzo and some other guys. I just think the Knicks plus the three and a half, it's come down from four. I mean, I think they're a live dog here, even on the road. Knicks have been a covering machine, right? An absolute covering machine. It doesn't matter what spot you put them in. They give you a great effort every night. So I don't doubt that at all. I would play that. I'd also look to the under here based on the two teams and how they play defensively, where they are in pace, the lockdown nature that you tend to get from the Knicks, especially when they're coming off a night off. Those are two plays I would like for that game. First one, I'm going to fire your way. I think you might be on this as well, is the Hawks plus the point hosting the Phoenix Suns. It was two and a half last night when I wrote it up for chalk, and then I woke up this morning and it's down to one. I'd still play it because I like the Hawks to win the game. Essentially, it comes down to what we talked about on this podcast on Monday when I played the Hawks over Boston. Situational play. Fourth game in six nights for Phoenix, who's playing the second half of a back-to-back. They beat the Cavs last night, but that game went to overtime. In Cleveland, you got to get done with that, grab something to eat, media availability, and then boom, you're on the plane, you're flying to Atlanta to face a rested Hawks team who, oh, by the way, is 14-2 and against the spread in their last 16 home games. They have been fantastic at home. And not only should Phoenix be tired, this is their second road trip to the East Coast in as many weeks. They were just out here on an Eastern Conference road swing two weeks ago, and they're doing it again. So I like the Hawks. I like the situation. I'll take the point. Play him on the money line as well. Yeah, I did like that side. I'm gonna I'm laying off a little bit when it's come down to one, but certainly a situational that you handicap that you have to back them. I uh, by the way, Cleveland and the Hawks. I mean, excuse me, oh. Cleveland and the Suns. Suns covering twelve and a half in overtime. I mean, that's oh. just that's got to rank right up there as one of the worst I've ever seen. So it got a multi. 
multi-tweet response from Doug Kazarian. Like for you to tweet <laughs> on it's one thing. For you to multi-tweet, it shows you the gravity of the situation. <laughs> it is the gravity of the situation must be recognized, yes. Uh, I'm going to go to a Jazz-Spurs game, and the two teams played the other night, and it was the back-to-back for San Antonio, real thin roster, just went to overtime with Philly. I think the spot is a little bit better for the Jazz. I'm going to grab the six and a half. I prefer seven, obviously, overnight. But I think this is Utah team that's kind of checked out a little bit. And you and I have vented a little bit about them. Look, no Mike Conley, no Donovan Mitchell, okay? I think the Spurs bring it every possession. We know they're in the hunt for the uh, play-in tournament. It's got a weird feel to it. I'm going to grab the points here off a Utah team that's just been kind of hitting a wall down the home stretch here. A little disappointing. I got to grab the points with this, this random ragtag group of – players under pop that you just wonder might get with the win outright six and a half seems a lot like you said for a utah team that's been very inconsistent when we talk about laying big numbers in the nba we better get very consistent teams like the new york knicks right or we better be going against a team that is dreadful like orlando or oklahoma city although orlando's won a couple games in a row this is a situation where you know the spurs are at least going to show up with some effort and you got a Jazz team that's been wildly inconsistent, so I can get behind the reasoning there. I'm on that game as well. I'm going to play the over 218 and a half. Now, there was a great angle for the Spurs this season when they played these back-to-backs against the same team, right? The first game tended to go over. The second game would go wildly under the total. They played the same team in back-to-back games. Well, that's what we have here. But I want to take a look at that first game, and I'm going to go the other direction. I'm going to play the over 218 and a half. When these two met on Monday, they were both – dreadful from deep. The Spurs only hit 27% of their three-pointers. That's down 9% from their season average. The Jazz only hit 30% from deep. That's down 9% from their season average. They also had a really slow pace at 95.9. I'll spare you the details on all that. What I will tell you is it was the 44th slowest game for Utah out of 65 games and the 46th slowest game for San Antonio out of 64 games. I don't expect a huge increase in pace but I do expect some increase. And I don't expect a huge increase in three-point shooting, but I expect some. You got 200 and I believe nine points in that game on Monday, and we only need to get to 219 to cover this one because it's 218 and a half. I think that's going to happen with some statistical adjustments. I'll play the over 218 and a half Jazz Spurs. Okay, so that's basically you're just going to think it's going to be an up and down. Spurs not afraid to push the pace, so uh, I can get behind that one. My final play is uh, the Sacramento Kings team. They uh, barely they barely outlast the Thunder. I liked him yesterday since, you know, KC's OKC. But for the most part, if there's ever a spot to fade the Kings, it's got to be now on this long road trip. They've won like three in a row. I, at some point, the real Kings are going to show up. And uh, Halliburton out. Uh, so, and then obviously Fox. And, and, and I just – I think the Pacers can wax them now. This Indy team's finally getting healthy, right? Sabonis played the last game. Uh, I just don't think – the Kings have sort of like the mental fortitude to keep grinding out wins uh, when, you, when, you, when you just see all this. And no Barnes, it's expected. He did not play yesterday. So uh, we talked about it yesterday. If you can get a buddy healed, kind of double-double thing, something like that, I think you fire away. But I think the Pacers, playoffs, all that stuff, sort of in the discussion, I, I think I'll lay the six and a half here for Indy as my final play. Should absolutely be a box score stuffer with the way the Pacers have been playing as of late. No defense, frenetic pace. We saw almost 1,000 points scored in that game with the Wizards (laughs) the other night. And with the way the Kings don't play defense and how they like to fly up and down the court, you should be looking at all that stuff. Double-doubles, triple-doubles, everything that pays well because that's a game we're taking some long shots. Let's close it on the diamond. 
going to go back to my old stomping grounds in the Bay Area. I'm going to play the A's minus 119 over the Toronto Blue Jays. This is basically just a splits play. For me, the A's are pro- – They some might argue they're the best in the business against left-handed pitching. Others would definitely agree they're top three. I mean, they're number one in home runs against lefties, second in weighted runs created, eighth in weighted on-base average. They've busted up left-handed pitching this year. They're going to take on Robbie Ray from Toronto, who has been good this season. I'll give him credit. 2.78 ERA. But I do like the A's in that spot. They're going to send Chris Bassett to the mound, the right-handed pitcher. Got off to a good start, had a nice spring, has struggled a little little bit as of late. But Toronto's about league average against right-handed pitching. So based on the price – Based on the fact that Toronto struggles on the road, four and nineteen in the last thirteen road games, and the A's have been nuclear hot, nineteen and seven over their last twenty-six. They, I believe, they started the season zero and six, and they were the first team in Major League Baseball to get to nineteen wins. They've been incredible as of late, so they're trending well. Toronto trends down on the road. You had a good pitching pitching split matchup. Excuse me, I'll lay the one nineteen with the A's over the Blue Jays. Yeah, this Oakland team started really slow. Dodgers crushed them early in that series Yep, uh, earlier in the year. and But it's good to see them bounce back because there are a lot of high expectations for this A's squad. So uh, there you have it. Those are our plays. There will be much more analysis later today, 6 Eastern on ESPN2, our usual time slot all throughout the week. So a rare week for us in the Daily Wager TV version. And then obviously the podcast every weekday posting around this time, noonish, noon Eastern, noon 1215-ish. Uh, every day, every weekday. All right, Joe, we'll see you later at the studio, and that'll do it for us. In and out in less than 10 minutes, as we promise you every single day. 